everybody, welcome to Speed Lords, the first and only Speed Duel podcast, because we're getting it on the ground floor, you know, before anyone else realizes this format actually exists. Uh, we are here in Urza's Tower. I am joined by Meep Moto 27 Hello. Meep is the architect behind such unbelievable triumphs as Trinity Format, where he is an administrator, and Meep's Deep Game Heap, uh, an online series in which he plays uh basically every good game ever made right and some bad games too how's that going it's going fine i don't know i'm reviewing nes games right now they're they're bad games have come a long way in the past 30 years one would hope uh Yu-Gi-Oh has come less far than other games but exactly speaking of bad games for those of you that don't know speed duel is the new exciting way to enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh, just like it existed when you were a child and refused to read any cards or a Yugi tuber crawling up 5k subs who still hasn't learned to read um the cards are simplistic they have one to two lines of text uh they're interactive um and the games are shorter uh the real downside to it right now is a lack of an available card pool and a lack of resources so uh hopefully we can fill in for the second problem the first was filled in last week by the release of arena of lost souls the very first speed duel set uh previously it was starter deck only which is clearly not an exciting format yeah so uh, the rules are exactly the same as the mobile duel links game pretty much so three zones no extra monster zone uh 4, life points you start with four cards and you have skills much like in the game as well but there isn't that gotcha element you can just buy the cards on tcg player ebay or card market so that is the advantage here now don't get excited it's not you know we're, we're still operating a business here uh and so they can't let you play with cards you already own you have to buy the new versions of the cards which helpfully include the words speed duel embossed onto them and cost 20 to 30 dollars more yeah but hey we'll take it i mean like it, it it certainly feels less good to spend $90 on Sphere Karibo than $90 on, you know, Engage or something. At the very least, the expensive cards here so far are a lot cheaper than the expensive cards in advanced format because there's no $120 cards in this format, so... And I don't think anything's been, like, short-printed or only available as prize cards, so, you know, we have that going for us. And it's only a matter of time before Konami inevitably messes that up, but for now... And are we getting, like, uh, Ash Blossom and Joyous Springs Speed Duel Edition as prize card for worlds? I wouldn't put it past Konami, very honestly. <laughs> Jeez, we're, we're so cynical already. This is supposed to be a positive experience, full of rebirth and excitement, um, I suppose. Uh, let's, let's start by talking about, what, Arena Lost Souls, I suppose. Yeah, let's just go through the set and talk about some of the cards that stick out here. So before Arena was dropped, uh, the playable decks from the um, 
starter set included Blue Eyes White Dragon, Harpy, and effectively nothing else. Uh, so cards that are good in those decks, of course, are at a premium. Cards that enable decks that can compete with those decks are at a premium. And um, just cards that are good in a vacuum are pretty strong as well. Yeah, and just before that, tunes were slightly approaching being vaguely <laughs> playable. And Gravekeepers were on the cusp of being playable. And we're going to talk in here. They got a few new cards that I think push them over into being okay. The Toon Dream. I, I feel like an idiot. I made this stupid Reddit comment that's going to end up in a compilation about how Toons were day one unbeatable because oh they had God. these unreal... <laughs> I was like, who can stop the OTK? It turns out everyone can, actually. Any trap card beats that deck. Yeah, in a format with, what, three, four different uh, battle position changers and with a whopping 1,200 defense on Toon Summon's goal, that's not great. Yeah, it turned out that deck was terrible and I was an idiot, but thankfully that marks the first and only time I've ever been wrong about a deck that has yet to be released's power level. If you say so. <laughs> Let's check out the ultra rares first, I suppose. I have this, you know, kind of in order. The standout card for sure is Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. I mean, I assume they just made this an ultra rare because it's the strongest monster in the format attack points wise. Oh yeah, you got. There's nothing good in the extra deck yet. There's no synchros, so you have to play it. Yeah, there's not even any remotely usable fusions really. There's like maybe two. You're sleeping on Meteor B Dragon Pal of Mindsation. <laughs> I mean, technically, Poker Knights is like on the same level as Tunes, I would say, in that it's bad, but you can play it. That's not very reassuring, to be honest. Yeah. So obviously, the standout ultra. In actuality, Sphere Kribo. Uh, anybody who's played Duel Links, especially early on, should know this. This card is very good. Not only is it very good, in Duel Links it got away with being very, very good for a long time because there was such a low percentage of people who actually had the card that no one really understood that it was just this mandatory three of unbelievably powerful piece of work. Yeah, and I think we might be approaching that early on here as well, because the current TCG player low price of Sphere Kribo is, I believe, somewhere hovering around $20 a copy. I mean, the real reason that Sphere Kribo is so good is because unlike the other uh, attack defense changer cards like Kunai Chain or Windstorm of Hitaqua, there's no way to stop it. It's completely unnegatable in the format. Windstorm, of course, people are bad at it now, but they'll get a lot better at switching like one monster to defense to guarantee lethal. Uh, Kunai with Chain loses to absolutely everything, any spell or trap destruction because it's not chainable. Uh, anything that prevents targeting like Lord of D or Tyrant Dragon. Uh, Sphere Karibo doesn't, I mean, it doesn't care. Yeah, it doesn't target. It's a monster. It's a hand trap in a format without hand traps or any way to counter hand traps. It's just overall a mandatory three of in pretty much every deck if you can actually afford to spend the money on it. And the additional thing that people, I think, will not recognize is that decks use up their back row zones. Like, yeah. we're expecting, like, relinquished decks to potentially be playable, uh, Tombs of Necro Valley decks to be playable. Those decks enter the game with at least one of their spell and trap card zones, like, automatically eaten. And this means you can hold up, like, three pieces of disruption without committing to three pieces of spell and trap attack defense change on board. Yeah, and I mean, even in Blue Eyes, which you might think on the surface that's not a problem for it, but 
you're setting things like Champion's Vigilance, which you want to preset. That way, what, the second you summon Blue Eyes, it's turned on as a negate. But that's going to sit dead in your back row a lot of the time, waiting to come up or waiting for you to summon a Blue Eyes. And you need to be able to keep that extra slot open for the Flute of Summoning Dragon you use to summon Blue Eyes. So I think it's going to matter a lot. And I think people are going to start drawing hands that are like triple Windstorm, one Kunai, and then kick themselves. Uh, second playable card is probably Call of the Haunted. Uh, it's getting an unreal amount of praise that I don't think is completely warranted. Uh, I think there are about four skills that are comparable in terms of decks that don't need a skill should play this. And I think they are probably in order. Millennium Necklace, Call of the Haunted, Mind Scan, Destiny Draw. Yeah, I think Mind Scan is not great right now. If we had Spell and Trap Destruction... Yeah, I mean, if we had spell and trap destruction and we had more non-chainable back row people were using, I think it would be more relevant. I think as the next card that I want to talk about, Michizure, as that becomes more popular, I definitely think that mind scan might be more relevant because that's actually something in the back row that you want to snipe. Let's move on to that now. Um, Mizuker, as I said in my fantastic video, um, it's nuts. No, the card's really good. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's pretty much the only monster removal in the format that isn't battle. People will, people are going to, you know, dehype the hell out of this card because, you know, it's it's kind of two for oneing yourself. You know, there are downsides, but at the same time, you will jump through hoops to kill individual monsters. I wouldn't say it's really two for oneing yourself because I would say out of a lot of the big decks, maybe. Amazonas Harpy doesn't quite fall in that category, but Blue Eyes and Relinquish, at the very least, are going to just have a weenie on the board that sucks and your opponent's going to kill, send you in the case of Relinquished and Lord of D in the case of Blue Eyes, and being able to take out your opponent's dude that they probably had a setup to get into is really good, especially if you're, say, sniping an Amazon from the quip, then you're plussing off your opponent, or if you're sniping a Blue Eyes that they had to use Flute to get out or if you're sniping a Relinquish that they had to actually sack something to get out. I mean, that's the big target, is the Relinquished. Yeah, I, I feel like it's Relinquished, or it's also an Amazonist with the Equip. That It's it's very useful in both situations. Being able to take out a difficult-to-kill guy with an Equip is very good for Michizure. That's a good point. I think every single one of the potentially top four decks don't care if they lose a guy, right? Like, Recruiter floats... Send you pluses. They specifically have a guy they're intending to lose, yeah. right? A harpy lady is probably the only potentially large loss. Maybe, but even then, the Amazons, you don't care if you lose them unless they have the equip on, but they're usually not going to lose them if you have the equip on. Um, Twister. Twister's good. Yeah, takes out those equips that we were talking about. Can also, It's going to be especially good as more and more people, I think, move on to Relinquished. Having a quick play spell you can use to snipe the equip from relinquished or snipe the equip from an amazonist on the attack declaration can cause a two for one so i think that's really nice it's those two targets and hidden tombs yeah. which just puts this way over the edge and unfortunately this is also the complete death knell for tunes yeah no tunes is went from being 10% playable to about 0% playable now that this card is legal. And for what it's worth, we have sideboards now, so expect this to show up in almost every sideboard. Yeah, I think that it's depending on what meta you're expecting. If you're expecting more blue eyes, then I think it's not worth maining, but if you're expecting a lot more tribal synergy relinquished decks, which as the format gets more popular, I expect to be the case, then this is definitely a main deck staple and 
probably a lot of decks at two or three. And probably the only other playable card in the Ultra Rares is Tomb of the Pharaoh. Uh, it's Necro Valley. They gave us Necro Valley. But way worse than Necro Valley. It has the name Necro Valley, and it gives 200 attack and defense to Gravekeepers and none of the other benefits of Necro Valley. I just love that Kodavi's just like, yeah, Necro Valley was the biggest mistake we ever made. This mission-critical, lore-oriented card that is also an unbeatable floodgate. It's got like 30 erratas. I like how the last TCG errata made it better. <laughs> yeah, they were like, actually buff Necro Valley. We got speed duels coming up. We need to build hype before we release the worst version yet. So, moving off of... I guess just to look at the last Ultra Rare, there's Arcanite Joker. We mentioned it before. It's not good. No, even in the Royal Flush deck, you just want to make the Royal Flush guys. You don't want to devote space to polymerization. You just don't have enough. Even if you pull it off, you're never going to have the card to pitch for it. It's less like Mechaba and more like Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Yeah, and then the 3800 attack seems really intimidating until you realize that you're playing against Relinquished or Amazon as Harpies, and then they just beat it. Or ram into it with Swordswoman and you lose. I was gonna say, you know what matters a lot against 3800 attack is not Swordswoman. Yeah, Swordswoman equipped with an amulet, that's even better. Swordswoman, float into second Swordswoman, fantastic game, really excellent. And the negation does uh, absolutely nothing against that, so... Yeah, that's just, it's the fastest way to kill yourself, is by summoning Arcana Knight Joker. So, moving on to the super rares... There's, I think, a pretty decent number of okay super rares. There's maybe three interesting super rares. There's, <laughs> like, a pretty decent number. I'm seeing one. Uh, first is Senju, obviously. Senju's insane. He's what makes Relinquished a playable deck now, I, I would say. Yeah. Relinquished having been in the starter deck with Pegasus, but it wasn't particularly playable before this point. And really, you could have gone your entire Duel Links career without ever seeing this because it was such an expensive deck and Senju was at Ultra Rare, but man, it is such a giant boon to consistency for a 20-card deck to have Senju. Especially because this is physical speed duels, there's no ban list, you can just have three, which is which means that you're now running six copies of Relinquished, which very honestly, that's good. The only sort of choke point in that strategy is that you only have three copies of the ritual spell, but... Which isn't the worst thing in the world. Like, you'd prefer to have multiples of Relinquished because you could pitch Relinquished to Relinquished. That's true, yeah. Other things, there's King of Skull Servants. We have to give him a shout-out. He's not good at all, but... He's literally in the set so that TCG players who get this as a prizing for their TCG events cannot be upset about it. Yeah, because it's the first hollow printing of King of the Skull Servants, which is a TCG fan favorite. Also not good in the TCG, though. <laughs> Hey, you are sleeping on grass format skulls. You would activate grass, you'd activate white prints, and then your opponent would normal summon a rat peer and you'd concede. I'm aware. I, I remember that deck, but grass has been banned for quite some time. This isn't the OCG. When, it's in Duel Links. Grass for speed duels. Oh, when. true. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I think it's pretty realistic that they might release grass since they did release it in Duel Links. Um, what else is good? Uh, Royal Flush, I suppose, is fine. Yeah, Sword of Dragon Soul could be a spicy, weird side deck option if there was actually a good warrior archetype, but there's not, so... Yeah, <laughs> someday in the far-flung future that'll be relevant. And Ectoplasmic Fortification I've seen a lot of people fiddling with. If you control a zombie monster, place a counter on this card, all zombies gain 100 attack and lose 100 defense for each counter. 
any battle damage take from battles involving your zombie monster is doubled. That doesn't sound particularly good. I know. I know what you're thinking. Um, the decks I've seen played on Dueling Book are like decayed commander decks that aim to use a bunch of stall stuff to get two or three counters on it, and suddenly decayed commander starts being able to beat over things, um, which is fine. Uh, but it'll definitely be the skill to beat for the sealed format, uh, since it is given to you. Yes, and I think the ectoplasmic fortification might be good pending better zombie cards. I think for now, looking at zombies, they're pretty much all relegated into the common section, and outside of Decayed Commander and Zombie Tiger, they're all bad vanillas. You are really sleeping on the snake hair. I'm really upset about that. I guess we can go to commons now, right? Yeah, so I mean, you've got a bunch of common zombies that Bones used in the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters anime. Uh, not... Oh, who can forget Bones? Everyone's favorite character, Bones. He had one duel, and they chose him to be the star of the first ever speed duel booster that it's named <laughs> after, and he is featured nowhere on any of the packaging. It's Yugi and Arcana Knight Joker. Because you... you remember Yugi's Arcana Knight Joker? Because even Konami knows that nobody remembers or cares about Bones. Man, that's upsetting. Bones was a fan favorite in the Duel Links products because... He was critical to a bunch of Red Eyes decks that were playable for like eight months straight. Which, I get the feeling that they're avoiding that, but they it is important to note that in the starter deck, Red Eyes Spirit has already been printed. There just isn't any other good Red Eyes cards. The only two being the Trap and the Vanilla Red Eyes. I will, I will defend to the death, Red Eyes Insight was the biggest design mistake for Duel Links of all time. Oh, I can imagine. Red Eyes Insight is a TCG card if I've ever read one. It started this exceptionally dangerous path of reprinting all of this uh, nostalgia support that was busted uh, in Duel Links, but weak by today's standards. And it was this awful, like, you had to sack into it, reward, limited time rare. The first Duel Links worlds had people with suboptimal decks because Legendary Joey wasn't around long enough for them to get three insight. That's embarrassing, honestly. It was, ex it was extremely embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so back on the list, uh, we got a- Buster Blader! We have Buster Blader! And it is uh, not good because there's no way to efficiently summon it. You've got your Poker Knights there, as we've already talked about, not particularly good. They're not terrible. Like, if you activate uh, Royal Flush, it's pretty strong. But, I mean, they really don't stand up to any kind of trap at all. Yeah, I mean, I think the main issue is that they can't remotely get past Blue Eyes just because their attack isn't high enough. Even with the Sword of Dragon Souls, they still can't beat over Blue Eyes. And they have no other synergy, really. Like, you... You think of the decks in the format. Relinquish doesn't care if you make three guys that do nothing. Amazons doesn't care if you make three guys that do nothing. Like, maybe they could beat Gravekeepers, but I think Gravekeepers is probably the worst of the meta decks. It's probably the at the bottom. And even then, Gravekeepers, if they go first and get Hidden Tombs of Necro Valley, just shuts them out because they're the only other deck besides Blue Eyes and Relinquished, I guess, that rely on special summoning. Uh, Possessed Dark Soul. Uh, this was a actually very playable in early Duel Links uh, in like Sergeant Electro style control decks. I think we might see it uh, in in sideboards pending Relinquished's playability. Yeah, I think it's good against Relinquished and no other deck right now because there's no real targets for it in uh, Blue Eyes at all. There's 
not really that many targets in Grave Keepers, and I think maybe you can snipe Amazonas Sage in... A nope, she's level 4. Yeah, so there's nothing to snipe in Amazonas Harpies. It's only really good against Relinquished, so I think that's something to... It's something to keep an eye on, but I don't know that with five slots in the side deck that it's worth running right now. It's upsetting that I think the, the side deck is just going to be five pieces of spell and trap destruction most of the time. For, oh, for right now, yeah, I think. I think that once the spell trap destruction gets higher quality in the next set with Dust Tornado, I think that maybe that'll stop being the case as much. But right now, the overall quality of spell trap removal is really low, so you need to run more of it to actually clear through. And also the quality of back row is so high. Oh, yeah. The classic dual links problem. Um, we have Diffusion Wave Motion, Magicians Unite. Of course, Dark Magician is a terrible deck. This isn't going to save it. Um, they got to print Eye of Tamias. Yeah, no. It's not even going to make it playable at all, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, Magicians Unite just sort of makes one of your magicians one of your spellcasters able to trade with a blue eyes which is bad mm -hmm. um is spy is a standout but probably the third best amazon which means that it is not going to see play yeah i think that the fact that tribal synergy is so strong deters you from playing pure amazons because playing the harpies is just so much better right now I could theoretically see in a future date if there was more Amazonas support and maybe a better skill for them, that that could be good for pure Amazonas builds. But in the mix, I don't think it's going to be good. Gravekeeper's Ambush is actually a, a really strong card. Uh, it has 1,700, which ends up being 1,900 with Necro Valley because uh, you're always playing that skill. And it can recur a card that mentions Necro Valley on it, I believe. Or has one necro, necro no it's one necro valley card so it can yeah. it can get you back the field spell itself which you get from the skill because it turns into a spell once it's destroyed and you can get back hidden tombs of necro valley which are both okay picks the main reason why i think he's good is because he's a uh, 1700 normal summon that becomes 19 with necro valley which is very good against a lot of decks very honestly He's a chonker. I mean, you can't... It beats over pretty much everything except blue eyes. We got Veil of Darkness. Veil of Darkness. This is the Skull Servant card. <laughs> you use it to ditch your Skull Servants. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's bad. It's, it's not bad. good. Skull Servants <laughs> are not terrible. good. And the last real card in here that's of interest is Conscription, which I think might actually be a spicy tech card. It is... For people who played early Duel Links, Conscription is fine. Yeah. Especially because here... Probably the best skill for decks that don't need one is Millennium Necklace, which lets you spiral gear drone the top of your opponent's deck. So you can guarantee you're always ripping something with Conscription. Yeah, and especially with the hype, at least early on, about Dragon Caller decks, being able to stack a Blue Eyes and then summon blue eye your opponent's Blue Eyes to your field is very good. Or even just stealing a Harpy or something from your opponent so that they can't get Tribal Synergy is also very good. Quick shout out to Decayed Commander, Zombie Tiger. It's a fun, cool deck. Don Zalug is a super interesting type of effect, but probably only limited playable. Yeah, I think that there just needs to be other zombie support for that to be useful. I think if they do this kind of level of further support for zombies in a future set, one or two cards, then I could maybe see that being a more playable off meta deck we've got d spell that's like really bad twister yeah i mean i guess if you i think that d spell maybe will be playable in 
sealed. Uh, that's about the only situation I can see it being playable for now. Or I guess if you don't want to spend money on Twister, because it is an ultra-rare. Block attack uh, was reasonable in Duel Links, but I think is actually already kind of bad here. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be supremely useful, just because so many cards have protection from battle. So switching him to defense isn't super relevant. And then ha Half Shut is going to be incredible in Sealed. Yeah, half shut's going to be definitely a standout in sealed. Yeah, I mean, I think that in the future this could be used for some sort of gimmicky OTK. That's about the only, the only way I could see this being useful. In uh, in dual links, it was used for gladiator beasts, but I think we're pretty far off that. Yeah, the only way is potentially if your opponent leaves an attack position, blue eyes up. Uh. I believe that half shot does allow you to more easily kill your opponent with Amazonist Swordswoman if you half shot your own Swordswoman or something, but probably not actually relevant. <laughs> All right, that and that's that. Uh, which means that it is time for <laughs> Speed Duel Market Watch. Oh boy! Uh, remember, everybody, investing in Speed Duels is. Um, an incredibly good thing to do with your money. Uh, it's like Bitcoin levels of safe. Yeah, so I, I have TCG player up right now. We're just going to be looking at these TCG player lows. Uh, so Arena of Lost Souls dropped last week as of recording this, so that was, I think, late March. Uh, the top card, as we've already mentioned, is Sphere Karibo at $19 low on TCG player right now. And just so you're all aware, this is not going to last. Uh, this was at $30 like three days ago. It was at $20 two days ago, or even yesterday it was at $20. Today it's at like 17 is the low low. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 19 on TCG Player. I can take a quick look at eBay just to see what it's looking like over there. It's a good card. It's strong. It's a staple, but it's not particularly short printed. The packs are super cheap. Yeah. You know, I mean... It's about $19, $18 on eBay. I expect it'll probably float at this price for a little bit. And then if Speed Duels does pick up popularity, say, in a month or two, this card will probably spike way back up. Unless there's a lower quality reprint, just because uh, unless they ship a ton of this product, once this product goes out of print, the card's just going to go up because it's clearly a mandatory 3F staple in almost every deck and will be for the foreseeable future unless they release some really crazy power creep stuff, and I don't think they're going to do that for a while at least. Call of the Haunted. It's actually gone up. Yeah, it's like 13. I think people are realizing that uh, Call of the Haunted is a good card. Thankfully, you only have to have one of this one. Yeah, you don't need to buy three of it, at least. And I think... And I think that also the sort of outlier top two decks going into this format, Tribal Synergy and Dragon Call are both named after their skills that they use, which aren't called the Haunted. Yeah. I think there needs to be better generic control monsters, which we just don't really have right now when you're competing with either OTK level beaters and blue eyes, or you're competing with having Pot of Greed on a skill and then also draw three on a skill in Tribal Synergy and then... Uh, yeah, maybe this could be used in something like Relinquished. I could see this being very usable because you can bring back a, relinqu a Relinquished that was already Ritual Summoned using this. Michizure is 750. How's that, Redditors? I, I hope yeah, I said that right. This card is uh, definitely underpriced right now. 
I can only see this card going up from here. This card's ridiculously good, and it's going to stay really good unless they decide to print Soul Taker or some nonsense in the next set, or Treacherous Trap Hole or something. There are real negatives to this card. Having said that, they don't matter very much in this format. And also, there's literally no other... Mo there's no other monster removal that isn't battle-based. Yeah, like, there's an entire deck that will be good enough based around the fact that it can eat one of your opponent's monsters. This is a trap that does the same thing. So, I think that's very good. Then after that, it sort of drops off for some reason. I'm upset about Blue-Eyes Ultimate. It's $5. It's only 4, on, it's only on, four on TCG Player, if you actually look at I'm the I'm looking prices. the style. It's, I'm not that committed. It's not that bad, I assume it's just that price because it's rare and not that many people have cracked this product yet. This card will probably drop to under a dollar once the set gets in more circulation because it's terrible. Is there a better printing of Blue-Eyes Ultimate Dragon? Yeah, looking through, there's a Duelist Pack Kaiba Ultra Rare. There's a Shonen Jump Manga Promo Ultra Rare. Yeah, but none of those say Speed Duel in its text box. That's true. I think that maybe people are buying this just to style on their extra deck because there's nothing else to put in your extra deck, but that's the only conceivable reason I could see anybody running this. What's next? Tomb of the Pharaoh, $4. It enables the entire deck. That's fine. Yeah, I think that's... You only need one of it. I think that's a really fair price. Arcana Knight Joker, it's another thing that'll probably drop just because the card's not... The deck that it goes in is not very good. Royal Flush is in the same boat, I think. Royal Flush is... I mean, you need the card to enable the archetype. The archetype is generally considered to be low-powered, so it's priced similarly to Necro Valley, but less because it's less good. And also, it's less rare. I don't know. Time goes on. I think it's getting hyped a little bit because he's on the cover, you know. Yeah. The bone skills are really high right now, uh, which are, that doesn't make sense to me, but it's understandable. They're skills, they're interesting, they're for characters no one understands. Yeah, then you got Senju at $2 as a super rare, which I think is very interesting, and mostly I think because Spear Kribo is probably pricing people out of the Relinquish deck at the moment, because you really do need that for the Relinquish deck. I'm shocked to see Twister at like a buck fifty. Yeah, Twister's Twister at $1.50 is absolutely not going to stay that way. It's going to go up, I think, for sure. This card is going to be a mandatory card in sideboards for the Of course, it's going future. to depend on a couple of things. Like, if the Gravekeeper's deck is really good, this card goes up. If Toons, God Save the Queen, uh, make it into playability, this will go up. But, like, I think it's a pretty safe bet. I mean, the thing is that right now Amazon is Harpy is arguably the best deck in this this is one of the best counters to that deck destroying the field spell destroying amulet are both extremely good interactions worth running this card at three for that matchup and i think that that matchup is hard enough right now for decks that aren't that deck that this card's going to be worth it probably even after dust tornado comes out at least in the side and then king of the skull servants oh at a buck 23 did you know it is actually more expensive to buy the Dark Revelation common version of this card. Dark Revelation cards are always super expensive, though, because that was a very low print set. And it's hilarious. It's got, like, the weirdest text available on it. And then you you, you have Desert Twister, an ultra that we did not talk about at $1 because it's terrible. There's a reason we didn't talk about it. You have to summon it by banishing two wind and one earth monster, which notably, there's no good, really no good wind and earth monsters. You're neglecting my Birdface Turbo build. I mean, I guess maybe this could be theoretically summonable late game in an Amazonas Harpy deck, but why would you ever do that? I mean, theoretically it is. 
you never should. Amazon is well known for for not having a good late game. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All the commons are common prices, so they're under a quarter. All right, so it's time for part three, our metagame breakdown. Now, at some point in the future, when there's like an established metagame with tournaments and results, this will be a lot easier. But for now, it's basically conjecture based on our personal experiences with Dueling Book and the wise words of some very popular YouTubers with some very uh, mediocre opinions. Yeah, so I think that going into this, the sort of word on the street and the rumor, I think, perpetuated by a lot of YouTubers and on Reddit and other kinds of forums is that Dragon Collar Blue Eyes is far and away the best deck. Which And don't get us wrong, it's strong, it's a good deck, it's tier one, but it is not the best oh, deck. Oh, absolutely not the best deck. I think uh, Amazon is Harpies, which as we've already sort of mentioned, is by far the best deck. Coming out of the uh, starter deck metagame, uh, Tribal Synergy um, it just has so many different ways to deal with Blue Eyes, and if you are thinking about the game in terms of TCG, you're going to come to the conclusion that Blue Eyes is insane. Uh, it has Champion's Vigilance. It summons a bunch of guys in one turn. You know, it breaks all of the rules that a uh, mid-range format uh, demands you adhere to. But it turns out the way in which Harpies and Amazons deal with the Blue Eyes monsters um, makes it almost unwinnable from the Blue Eyes. It's at least a 60-40 matchup for Amazonas Harpies. Yeah, probably more like 70-30. The main problems being that Blue Eyes has to deal with pretty much all threats through battle, unless you're teching a burst stream or something like that, which is honestly not the worst tech option in reality. But more realistically, you need to get your Blue Eyes out and blow all their back row out, but they're going to usually have the field spell and two to three pieces of back row because the Amazonas Harpy skill is just Pot of Greed because it lets you draw a card without using any cards. So you're just getting a straight plus one for no real cost other than having to run mediocre vanillas in a format that only has mediocre vanillas. If you're unfamiliar with either of the decks, uh, the Blue Eyes deck aims to invest a lot of like card economy into putting the Blue Eyes on board. Um, and as a result, it's playing a bunch of bad cards to enable that. Uh, whereas the Amazonas Harpy deck is literally just good stuff. It is exclusively good cards. Its skill allows you to draw an extra card if you've got an Amazon and a Harpy in your hand. Draw two extra cards if you have an Amazon and a Harpy on your board. And so you're always ahead both on card economy in terms of your cards are just better than theirs. And in terms of card advantage because you have these unreal, you know, skill-based options at your disposal. Yeah, and also note that the field spell, once per turn, when an Amazonist is destroyed, you special another Amazonist from your deck, so that makes your board very hard to break. They also have an equip spell that makes it so that once per turn they don't die by battle, and if they survive a battle, they kill whatever they battled. So you combine that with the Amazonist Swordswoman deals your opponent the damage, and it makes Blue Eyes very difficult because you don't want to leave your big dude in attack position. And it, it ends up in this position where, like, sometimes the Blue Eyes build is such that it's got, like, Wonder Wand and Blue Dragon Collar, because there's not a lot of really good ways to guarantee you get a Blue Eyes or a normal dragon in your hand without playing, like, six of them. So if you're playing that, sometimes you pass your first turn, your opponent has an explosive start, they're able to deal, like, 1,500 damage with a Swordswoman, and there's no coming back from that. You're going to have to ram a 3,000 attack monster into a Swordswoman a couple of times, and you just lose the game. Yeah, so I think that 
the ways around this is you need to have, as a Blue Eyes player, a lot of spell trap removal, whether that be Stamping Destruction, which is a very viable option for Blue Eyes. Extremely powerful card. The new Twister, I think, is very good against the deck just because you can use it to take out Village so that they don't float. Michizure actually is very good in this matchup because if you open and you set Michizure when they go to kill your Lord of D a lot of the time, or if they go to kill your Blue Eyes with Amazonas Amulet, then you can take their card out using Michizure. The Battle Changers are really good because they can make it safe to kill Amazonas Swordswoman. Definitely, the Blue Eyes deck has gone through some different iterations, and uh, definitely there are like sideboarding options available to it, but there's still pretty critical weaknesses when it comes to the Amazonas matchup. Yeah, I think the big difference is that Blue Eyes has a very dangerous early game, but because of the fact that you have to run a lot of Lord of D and Flute of Summoning Dragon, which are, after the first time you use it, horrible Terrible. cards that you never want to draw, and a bunch of dragons that you have no other way to summon, it, it becomes really difficult past turn one, and Amazonus only gets better past turn one, and usually is always going to survive past turn one because of how much back row they have. So certainly I would say, despite all of the new releases, Tribal Synergy, I think, is still likely to be the best deck in the format. No, I don't think Blue Eyes is the second best deck either. I think that goes to a newly enabled deck, which is Relinquished. Relinquished, unfortunately, matches up extremely well against Blue Eyes as well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good set for this deck. Yeah, so Relinquished, there is now... Depending how you play Blue Eyes, it can't actually work, because starting with a Lord of D and a Dragon, Relinquish can't take out Lord of D unless they also open with the Senju to kill your Lord of D. So if you can stop that attack, then Relinquish has to target Lord of D because of Lord of D's targeting uh, protection effect. The unfortunate part is that routinely taking Lord of D with Relinquished is still enough, because it has that supplementary effect like Amazon Swordswoman, where any damage dealt to you while there's an equipped monster is dealt to your opponent as effect damage as well, add in a couple of battle changers, and it's not particularly difficult to ensure that your Relinquish... The equipped spell on the Relinquished is destroyed, but the monster survives, meaning sometimes there's an inevitability aspect of just making it to the blue eyes. Yeah. I think that it's a dangerous matchup for sure, but it's a lot closer to 50-50 than especially if you side right, then something like Amazonas Harpy is versus Blue Eyes. It's easy to destroy the monster with a Twister to get a sweet two-for-one as your opponent's relinquished attacks into one of your monsters. Um, it's easy to flip up a Mizikure and just destroy the relinquished. If you're playing Burst Stream, that literally just wins you the game. You know, yeah. there's options. So I think the last deck, which I personally think is probably worse than blue eyes but is still definitely playable and can win matchups against some of the top decks is grave keepers grave keepers is an exceptionally strong deck if you have like duke devlin level dice powers if you can win the die roll every game you are literally invincible unless you're in the amazonas harpy matchup in which case it's you have a lost the game a lot yes. more difficult because their main thing is that they have a just a flood a one-sided floodgate which is a lot of fun if you have necro valley or a gravekeeper monster which given that necro valley is the skill you're going to pick you will always have both of those most likely you can play hidden tombs of the necro valley which makes it so your opponent isn't allowed to special summon uh relinquished and blue eyes just lose the game automatically because 
neither of those decks are ever going to be able to beat over your gravekeeper monsters with a 200 attack defense buff so now having said that that is a card that's at three in the deck it's certainly possible to open without it and more importantly uh, the best deck in the format really does not care even a little yeah they have sage they they don't special summon outside of the field spell Uh, you know it's not exciting yeah i think that it's Gravekeeper a lot of the time ends up being a sackier but overall weaker version of Amazon as Heartbeat. It has a very similar kind of control-based playstyle, but just the fact that it doesn't have a, a skill that says Pot of Greed on it makes it worse. Like their bad hands are much worse than Amazonus's bad hands, and their good hands are also much worse than Amazonus's good hands. Yeah, there's also a lot. I think I feel like there is somewhat less room for high quality. Uh, battle stoppers and traps in the deck because you have to run three tombs of necro valley and a bunch of gravekeeper monsters none of which are particularly amazing sleeping on recruiter um this is it's also definitely a deck where it kind of necessitates sphere karibo um which can be upsetting like because you'll always be losing one of your spell and trap card zones to tombs you're gonna have to play Sphere Karibo, and if you're playing Sphere Karibo, why wouldn't you just play like the better Relinquish deck? Yeah, because I would say that Gravekeepers and Relinquish are probably the only two decks that absolutely need Sphere Karibo, although any deck can run it and it's good to run it. Amazonas Harpy and Blue Eyes can get away without with not running Sphere Karibo and being fine. So po- post Arena of Lost Souls, the metagame probably looks like Tier One. Amazonas and Blue Eyes in that order, and Tier 2, Relinquished and Gravekeepers. I would argue that Relinquished is also in Tier 1 with those other decks, but I think that we'll have to see the build get refined more. I think the set's just too new to classify it like that right now, but definitely I think that the order is something like Amazonas at the top, Gravekeepers at the bottom, and Relinquished and Blue Eyes floating somewhere in the middle with everything else being basically unplayable in comparison to those four decks. So, I mean, we, we talked about those four, but uh, where does that put Skull Servants? Yeah, I mean, you can play Skull Servants. It's bad, but you can technically tech it with Relinquished or something because they're level one, I guess. So before we head out, we have one additional feature for you. We will be reading some fantastic YouTube and Reddit comments. Uh, I know you all can't wait to hear these. Um, Speed duels upon their inception were met with kind of a mediocre response. And then after the starter deck format, it didn't get much better as a significant amount of YouTubers released videos about how Blue Eyes White Dragon was unbeatable and Dragon Caller was the best deck by miles. So you get a lot of disillusioned people with terrible opinions and what do we do better on this channel than make fun of people with awful opinions. So I'll, I'll take the first comment. Uh, somebody talking about the initial $30 price of Sphere Kribo, I assume, says Sphere Kribo also seems to be short printing, which is just shameful at this point, which... Once again, is proof that no one in the Yu-Gi-Oh! community has any idea how supply and demand works, and that a card being expensive does not automatically mean that it's short-printed. It just means that it's good and you need the three of it. Having said that, love the enthusiasm. I Oh, man. I love it. The Yu-Gi-Oh! community will jump to Konami's throat immediately. Like, 
All we gotta do is figure out a way to direct this rage more effectively, and we'll have this unstoppable army of people who will combat the man at the drop of a hat. <laughs> And of course, since this comment is four days old, and since then the price of Sphere Kribo has dropped by like 35%, so don't worry, it, it's not that bad. I, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I'll take the second one. So with Meteor V Dragon, the Red Eyes Palomization deck can actually function. The problem is that, as always, it's just a worst version of the Blue Eyes deck. See, I don't think that's fair though. Like. It is a different deck than the Blue Eyes deck. It's playing none of the same cards, it has none of the same payoff, it's just not very I mean, good. Technically, Blue Eyes plays one or two copies of Red Eyes sometimes. It would be like saying, you know, the problem with Salaman Great is that it's just not Sky Striker. Which might be true, but at the same time isn't an exactly fair comparison. The next one is, I think, a very commonly held view amongst people who haven't tried speed duels but have watched one to two speed duel videos which is i don't know i tried it out a little while ago and the dragon caller skill already put me off from trying anything new or unique with the game it's thematic immediately people are looking to play and kaiba is putting them off it yeah i mean that's that's the Yu-Gi-Oh community isn't it uh, th this is an upsetting comment yeah, I mean, we're not out here pretending that it's, like, humongous deck diversity, but there's at least four pretty playable decks in the format, which, considering that the card pool is maybe a little over 100 cards, is relatively impressive to me. I will say, I see this exact opinion repeated ad nauseum all over Reddit and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, and it it, it, it is just completely based in a fundamental misunderstanding of data. You know, like, I think when we see regionals come in, when we see results and topping lists from, like, side events, this little opinion will start to be dispelled. But in the meantime, I feel as if it's occupying the same space as, like, Azathoth in paper, right? Like, you watch a 35-minute Gar Dragon combo and it sticks with you no matter how many times you see Sky Striker 1, YCS, Dusseldorf 2, you know? Uh, and then you say stuff like, oh, I'll quit until Azathoth's banned. I can't believe Konami's letting Bardish win nationals when really it's like 15th place at a 64-man regional. Yeah, or when people are ignoring the fact that they're like, oh, Azathoth and Guard Dragon stuff is broken when the real thing that makes those things broken is the fact that they run 10 dangers <laughs> yes. in all those decks. And it's like, dangers can very much be seen as broken, but I mean, on paper, Champions Vigilance is a really good card, but in reality, you have to actually summon Blue Eyes to use it. So. To be honest, I think a lot of this is residual Duel Link's fear from Champions Vigilance format, which was this bad. It was actually as bad as people expected it to be in paper, and... Um, Thankfully, we didn't hit it, but, yeah, you know. Losing to Champ Vidge to Champ Vidge to Champ Vidge to Champ Vidge on a Chain Link 5, that sticks with you. I think that just the slight card pool differences, like even having three Windstorm be legal, does make a big difference here, though. This next comment says, So speed dueling is basically a reminder of Dragon Ruler and Spellbook Judgment? <laughs> uh, which, first of all, is a fantastic comment. <laughs> just, a, just an amazing comment. This is like this is like watching the like Goku versus Jiren battle at the end of Ultimate and being like, oh, so this is exactly like when Piccolo fought Raditz in Episode Two. Like, no, it's not. There's no, 
Not even close. Yeah, it's... One of them has dragons, and there's a similar number of viable decks in the format, and that's literally where the comparisons end. I will say, I can't wait until we get the buffed version of Tribal Synergy that draws seven cards at your end phase. Yeah, searches seven cards in your end phase. Spellbook of Mai. Or when you're using Flute of Summoning Dragon to summon Blaster and Tempest to make Big Eye. Dracosac win. He's not that broken if he takes up all your monster zones. He's also not that broken when you can't summon the level sevens to bring him out, but... Okay, uh, the next comment we've got here is, for me, Mai's deck is really broken. The Kaiba deck is the only one which can compete with Mai. Ishizu would be cool if Necro Valley was available as a skill instead of a monster. Pegasus is missing some important cards, and Joey's and Yugi's are just terrible, posted from two months ago. This person, oh my god, <laughs> they, they have the script. They, I, I think their uncle might work for Konami. Call it a hunch. Is this, is this Bobby Konami's kid? I think this might actually be Kevin Tewart's alt account. They perfectly describe every single thing that happened for the last two months. Tribal Synergy best deck, Kaiba second best deck, Necro Valley has to come out as a skill, the Relinquished deck needs a little bit more support. And the Joey and Yugi actual cards are, um, are just unplayably bad. It's incredible. I, I really want to like... Does this person have any other insight we can learn? I think we need to follow their comment chain on YouTube to see what, what's coming out in the next booster set. And the final comment says, My face win Konami, do not learn anything from Duel Links. I mean, they probably didn't learn as much as they should have. Yeah, I'm finding it hard to argue with this. <laughs> there are certain parallels that are hard to draw, or hard not to draw. I mean, I think inherently it's not as bad as Duel Links because there's no gotcha elements that exist in the mobile game right yeah a lot of early duel links got away with extremely unbalanced formats that seemed balanced because no one could afford the unbalanced stuff yeah i think that we'll start seeing it iterate a lot faster because you'd be lucky in duel links if you're able to spend 20 dollars to get sphere karibo it seems a lot for the physical game only because nobody's really playing this format right now but if you actually go to the duel links subreddit and you look up their top posts of all time, I think there's one from, like, a whale who is upset about the reprint box coming out. Uh, every so often they do a premium reprint box. He was extremely upset because he had paid over $2,500 to get, like, day one three sphere Karibo, day one three mirror wall, and it was the most upsetting thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Watching someone talk a big game about how they spent their paycheck on do names dark witch in 2017 oh man it was extremely debilitating that's just really depressing to hear honestly imagine your landlord coming up to you and being like where's the rent and you're like i'm sorry i needed this 1800 attack vanilla <laughs> it's just like look look at this picture of Duname's Dark Witch. No, I don't need to pay rent for two months. Tommy, break his legs. No copies of Axe Raider are getting you out of this one. I do appreciate that they never made it so that you had to do that sort of normal summon vanilla race thing that existed in the early TCG and early Duel Links here. That is a mistake that I think is really good that they fixed it because there's really nothing more boring than your entire game just being Axe Raiders beating back and forth over each other. Definitely, I think that's the biggest lesson from the first year of Duel Links. Clearly, you know, like, Relinquished was probably the best deck, but no one had it. Uh, the second best deck was 
above the curve guys that attacked a lot and really that didn't yeah. change or harpies just because they were guys that could pop back row because back row was the only amount of room skill in the entire game <laughs> and really that didn't change until uh i want to say like the sacred phoenix of neftis box came out it was like the first real cohesive archetype and um i'm glad that we've kind of skipped to cohesion immediately instead of having to sit through this boring format some people might complain that it ends up being a bit tcg-esque in that it's like canned decks in a way but it was going to probably be canned decks anyways with a card pool this small and i'd rather the canned decks have a cohesive strategy than just be really boring vanillas attacking into like battle position changing traps for 16 turns and like again i don't want to be like this but do not believe everything you hear on youtube it is not even as canned as you're expecting there are multiple different iterations of the Blue Eyes deck which excel against different versions of the deck. There are multiple different types of the Gravekeeper's decks that do similar but, uh, you know, enough different things that they don't get stale or boring. There's variety even in build types, even in a format with 20 cards. Yeah, definitely. All right. And that's the entirety of the podcast. I promise we're leaving now. Meep, do you have any last words? No, I don't think so, other than uh, actually give Speed Duel a try and don't just do Dragon Caller Mirror Matches because you'll get a terrible impression of the format. All right, um, make sure to uh, follow your wonderful hosts, uh, myself on this YouTube channel and on Twitter, link below, and Meep on Twitter and uh, on his own personal blog. I post all the blog posts on Twitter, so just follow me on Twitter. You'll get everything there. I can start tweeting about Speed Duels if that makes people happy. <laughs> All right, good night.